Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today we'll continue in Acts 21, and we'll see Paul as he makes his way finally into the city of Jerusalem. And he's been pressing that way for several uh, chapters now, many verses, and now we're going to see the apostles' entry into the city of God. Now, he's just left the uh, area of, uh, we talked about it last broadcast, remember, when he left Caesarea, and so we'll look at that, and the, there's interesting difference, I believe, about his departure uh, from that area that we'll make mention of in passing. Now, if you've missed any of our Bible studies here of late, all of those are available on our podcast. Our podcast is entitled Striving for Revival, and it is found on every podcast platform. It is free for you to download, subscribe, whatever you want to call it. And then you'll have access to all of the Bible content that uh, we have put out there. Also, we're available on the North Valley Baptist Church app, which is free to download through the Apple App Store, and not only do you get Striving for Revival, but also Help for Today, the Preach the Bible podcast, all of these different uh, uh, podcasts that our church produces and all the media content is there on the uh, North Valley Baptist Church app, so you'll want to download that as well. I hope you're having a great day today, and I hope you've spent some time in the Word of God, studying it uh, for yourself, spend some time in prayer, and uh, do something today to advance the cause of Christ and to spread the gospel. Now, there is no lack and shortage of those who need to hear it, but there is a lack of workers. Jesus even prayed that. He said, the fields are white. He said, it's ready to be harvested. He said, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'd send for the laborers. He said, we need laborers. We need workers in the field, some harvest men, if you will, those who will get out there and labor and bring in the sheaves. And I'm praying God will use us in our day to make sure we don't leave anything in the field that could be brought in. We need to get out there and do our part in this harvest before the Lord comes back. I'm glad I'm ready to meet the Lord. I don't have to worry about that. I'm not concerned about uh, His coming. I'm excited. I'm, I'm anticipating it. I hope for uh, His coming. I'm looking forward to His appearing. But you know what? There's a world out there that doesn't know that. They don't know Christ. They don't know salvation. And if Jesus were to come today, they'd be in a mess. And it's up to you and I to get the gospel to those who uh, uh, are still yet li alive, walking this earth. Everyone who's breathing air can be born again, but they need to hear the gospel. All right, here we are in Acts chapter 21. I believe this is our third Bible study in the 21st chapter. Verse 15 is where we'll pick up today. And after those days, we took up our carriages and went up to Jerusalem. Now, stop. There is no mention of Paul leaving the area of Caesarea with a crowd there at his departure, wishing him, uh, bidding him farewell, praying for him, him praying with them. Now, these other places, we find that an assembly came together to tell the apostle goodbye, to pray with him, to weep with him, but not here. Now, I don't know, maybe it happened and it's just not in the Scripture, but could it be maybe those Christians in Caesarea who had warned him so steadily, I mean, so, so, so straightly, 
Agabus with his binding of his hands. Uh, maybe they were so disturbed that Paul was still committed to go that they couldn't bear to say goodbye. Uh, I don't know what it is. But Paul didn't have that farewell party, if you will, when he left Caesarea. The Bible said they simply picked up their carriages and left. That word carriages uh, is the same as baggage or their suitcases, their possessions. They took their belongings without any kind of farewell from the crowd in Caesarea. It wasn't like it was in Ephesus. It wasn't like it was uh, at Tyre. Uh, but here in Caesarea, they just leave without any of their friends or colleagues, fellow laborers, saying goodbye. I don't know if it's because the Christians believe Paul's making a mistake. I don't know if it's because they were so fearful for what would befall Paul, but they're not there. And the Bible said Paul comes to the city of Jerusalem, and he what he does in every city, he finds a Christian. Paul does this everywhere he goes. He finds a fellowship of believers. He finds a servant of God, and here he finds a disciple of, Caes- of Caesarea and brought them with or brought with them one Nason of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. All right, so they're going to travel with this man. He's an old disciple named Nason. He's of Cyprus, and they're traveling with this man, old, Archeo. Uh, it means he is a uh, disciple from the early days, original, uh, old, ancient. So it doesn't necessarily mean that he was an aged man, though maybe he was, but it does mean he was an original convert. And uh, he might have been even one on the day of Pentecost when Peter stood up to preach. He'd been a Christian for a long time. So this seasoned man is with Paul. The journey to Jerusalem would have taken them about two days to complete. And so they've traveled for two days, this Paul and Luke and, and Nason, and some say Nason was an innkeeper. Uh, I, I don't know if that's true or not. But anyway, the Bible tells us that in the Scripture that they went together, and they're going to lodge with this man. All right? In verse 17, it says, When Paul gets to the city, they come to Jerusalem, and the brethren received them gladly. Now, it doesn't give us the identity of these brethren, but when these missionaries arrive, the Bible tells us that they rejoiced that they were there. Now, Paul has been in Jerusalem before. He's not always had the warmest welcome uh, in the city of Jerusalem, but this crowd welcomes him, and the Bible says they receive him gladly. You think about how thrilling that must have been. And how helpful that must have been to the heart of Paul, that when he got to the city, uh, they were excited to see him, and they welcomed him there. They requested Paul to stay with them. All right? Now, let's read on in verse 18. It says, "...and the day following, Paul went in with us unto James, and all the elders were present." So we're talking about now the assembly, the church in Jerusalem. "...and when he had saluted them, he declared particularly the things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry." And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of the law, and they are informed of thee, that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. What is it, therefore? The multitude must needs come together, for they will hear that thou art come. 
So Paul has arrived. He's standing there before Pastor James, the Lord's brother, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, all the elders and leadership of that church. And it's amazing what they bring up. The first thing is, now, we know you're here, Paul. He said, what we know about you is you are telling the Gentiles they don't need the law of Moses. And for the Jews, they don't need the law of Moses either. He said, we have got to get this thing figured out. So the assembly has been convened. Paul and his associates are brought into the meeting to present gifts and uh, uh, just to uh, show their uh, their their uh, hospitality back toward their gratefulness to be in Jerusalem, and the brethren among the Gentiles would be commended because they're being generous here. Uh, but uh, everyone's listening to Paul as Paul would outline what he's done in his missionary journeys. He's telling them how God has wrought among the Gentiles and done miracles, and God is saving Gentiles, and uh, he's saying God's working among the Jews as well. It's amazing. And <clears throat> We see what the response is. They heard it, and they glorified the Lord. And that's a blessing that they praise God. They glorified the Lord. That word glorified, they praised, they extolled, they magnified, they celebrated what God was doing. Now, I'm glad for that. G. Campbell Morgan said they were believers who were still observing rites and ceremonies and were diametrically opposed to Paul's view that a man in Christ is set free from every other yoke of bondage. Now, what he's commenting on is what happens after they glorify God. They glorify God and say, but wait a minute, Paul, we hear you're telling folks they don't need the law. Now, you can see how hard it is for these Jewish Christians to divorce themselves from that Old Testament life, that Old Testament dichotomy. They've been so ingrained in that, so caught up in that. Their concern quickly, it goes from glorifying God over the salvation of people to now concern that he's uprooting their tradition. And they say, we're hearing that you're telling folks that they don't need to circumcise their children or walk after these customs. And now listen, they don't. For by grace are you saved through faith. By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But these folks, these Jewish believers, are so wrapped up in that, they are concerned about their heritage, concerned about these traditions. And so this is going to have to be addressed. Now you have to understand how different today Christianity would be had these things not been hashed out early on. In fact, we see some cults and some false uh, sects that still try to have some of these almost Jewish rites in their version of quote-unquote Christianity, the Catholic Church for one, and we can see the compromise that took root even early on because of a love for formality uh, outside of the grace of God. Now, we don't have enough time to get back into this today. We're at the end of our time. Make sure you join us next broadcast. We'll continue in this. Until then, pray for a revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.